0: Well, welcome to this um, one-off special edition, a list specific Madaxman.com podcast. And I'm delighted to welcome Richard Case from um somewhere that the under current lockdown may as well be the other side of the world, but I think is is probably about 15 miles as the crow flies somewhere north of London from um, from where we're sat here. And and in this one we're going to talk about a really popular list, probably more popular because it's got really cool hats than anything else, but the New Kingdom Egyptians. Um, one of those lists that's in, in many ancient rule sets has flattered to deceive, I think it's fair to say. And I suspect one that, again, like many of the biblical lists, really works probably only in period. But but as one I've used um, on, on many occasions and kind of struggled to to pull together. But I, So I thought I'd, I'd get Richard on um, and his list-building skills um, and put his list-building brain to... Um, to, to good effect, hopefully, to look at how we might assemble various different ways of putting together the, the New Kingdom Egyptian list. So, um, so Richard, welcome. How, how are you doing at the moment? Are you doing a lot of painting in this world of lockdown?
1: Yes, Tim. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, doing well, and yeah, more more painting per week than uh, any time I can remember since teenagerdom. I think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's an ill wind that blows no no good. Obviously, sad times. Uh, for many, but um, yeah, let, let's let's good times take for paint what, and, what, and paintbrush sure manufacturers.
0: Yeah. good times good for time paint can. and paintbrush manufacturers. So, so the New Kingdom. I think um, when when I pinged this at you, you you said it's a list that you sort of skimmed over, but never really looked at. Uh, what's your kind of history with it, if so to speak?
1: Yeah, so it's it's a list. or it's an army that um, I've often wanted to play. Uh, But, but unlike many biblical periods, as you said earlier, the hats uh, are very distinctive and therefore it's hard to substitute uh, other forces and and a lot of my biblical periods are more Assyrian uh, uh, Or Syrian or Ugarit or those those kind of things, but I've played against uh, a number of uh, New Kingdom Egyptians and I I think it is a very interesting um, list, Um, but obviously it is on the early side of Biblical, and therefore it can suffer, even in an all-Biblical competition, against some of the later period armies which tend to have the heavy chariots, which in ADLG are, are treated as knights. So my first thought when I looked at it was, okay, well, I've really got to start with some thoughts about how can I make this army distinctive? Because what it doesn't have, in large part, is a lot of quick-win troops. It doesn't have the knights, it doesn't have elephants, it it doesn't have heavy, heavy chariots, it doesn't have those kind of breakthrough troops. So, and while it has the famous chariots, these are all treated as medium cavalry, in effect. They have no armor, so they're quite vulnerable to footbows. And only a limited number of them can be elite to, to offset that.
0: And so, I think, uh, I think medium, medium cavalry, you know, we're all, what, four or five years into ADLG now. And I think for, for that initial part of the meta, medium cavalry with a toxic troop type really weren't they they were they were seen as junk but I think there's been a, a growing growing awareness that in in volume and in the right circumstance and and certainly if if they're elite and if they can shoot there there actually is a role for them um in in kind of that ongoing paper scissors stone but but I think you nailed quite an interesting point there their their nemesis is actually football um in in a lot of ways (laughs) and that's a troop type you don't see in many other periods but in the biblical period a lot of armies do actually have a lot of them so so you get to a strange point at which the medium cavalry chariots potentially could be good but but in this particular era their nemesis appears in quite serious numbers as well so that's a, a weird challenge
1: so so what i did was draw a bit on my experience with the Palmyrans. Okay. I quite often use a command which is mainly medium cavalry bow, foot bow, and perhaps a few light horse bow, because you can somewhat support your light chariots if you have your own bowmen up close to them. It, it adds to the, the mass of fire um, and, and also means that if your own chariots are outnumbered they have something to withdraw on. I think the other important thing um, is the Assyrians obviously have a high command score but otherwise I think the Egyptians are one of the highest command score and I think therefore if it's an army where you've got a lot of sort of useful troops but no real killer troops then what's important is maneuver, and so I think it's very well, yeah, plus
0: plus five with a strategist is is enormous by any category. That's getting you into Genghis Khan territory, isn't it?
1: Exactly, exactly. So, and whereas a lot of the other armies that have their option, like some of the Romans and so on, because they have all the armored and elite troops, they become very expensive, and so you often don't end up using all the command points. My approach with this Egyptian army, I've done three versions as in every case, to use either four or five command points to go for the strategist. And so you're, you're essentially sort of doing as a, the sort of Hannibal style formations where you are having some volume in the center, not necessarily wonderful uh, quality, but some volume that will sort of fix your opponent and then two manoeuvrable wings uh, under brilliant generals or strategists, and hope to be able to use the combination of manoeuvre and firepower to take the enemy's wings and then Pac-Man in towards the centre before your own centre is destroyed by the enemy.
0: By the looks of it, it almost inevitably will be.
1: Yeah i yep. mean that's that's the thing the the other advantage though is if if you don't if you have um drilled troops, even if you're facing enemy heavy chariots, if you move three and they move three, you can always walk away
0: true yeah you can and, withdraw do that Hannibal thing
1: exactly, and your opponent you know doesn't like to stick his heavy chariots too far into the jaws of a trap so um again you 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 can you can trade time for space in the old military manner okay um
0: all right well look should we should we dive straight into the list then and um and, and talk us through so if if we kind of pop this one up on screen i'm i'm looking at the the first list here standard list a i think you've called yeah. it and um and i can see what well, straight away you've got initiative of three which in a in a period in which almost nobody's going to have more than two light horse that's a that is a big old number. You know, most, yeah. most other people are wheeling in with one or two at, at best Correct. And, and you've gone, um, obviously three commands, um, that competent guy in the center and, and brilliant and then strategist on, on either side with, with what looks like two, but well, actually literally two identical commands. So, so actually, yeah, there's no, I presume there's no logic in the strategist commanding one and the other. It's just, just whacking those extra command points somewhere.
1: Well, the the only small logic is that the strategist has the light infantry javelins,
0: who ah, okay.
1: are more likely to get into combat, and therefore right. might have to do more rallies. Okay. So that was I had to pick one or the other. That was it's, a, it's a minor factor, but you know, in the absence of anything else, that's why. Will count.
0: That okay. One. Okay. So both of your your flank commands, you've got two light chariot bow you've got th- three warriors the medium swordsman impact um which is not a bad troop type at all a couple of bowmen and and then two skirmishing light infantry so my my first you know impression of that is for something with maneuver um you've not gone you've not upgraded the chariots to elite um and and there's kind of only two of them and there's three of the swordsmen um I, I might have looked at that and thought perhaps those ratios would have been the other way around and, and that temptation to take the the light chariots deep do, do you see the light chariots actually doing anything other than invading here given they're not elite Would you see them fighting or
1: yes but I, and, and we'll look through at some of the other versions where I use the chariots in a different way but here it, it, essentially you've got to look at the army as as a whole and effectively what you're aiming to win with is the, is the nine medium swordsmen, eight impact and one two-handed weapon.
0: Because, yeah, there's three in that central command as well. Okay. Yeah.
1: And so everything else is about fire support. Right. So the bowmen and the light chariots are there to soften up the enemy so that the medium impact foot can get in and do the damage. But the light chariots are also there to be thrown out wide and threaten to turn a flank. So that then forces your opponent to perhaps um, you know yeah. enfilade back his flank to to avoid being outflanked. And again, the light infantry are there to screen the warriors on the way in and then hopefully stick on the side and provide overlaps once you get into hand to hand.
0: Yeah, because you've got you've got six screening light infantry, which is a you know, that's a big number, particularly in when it's sat in front of nine warriors you're covering almost all the frontage there aren't you so exactly. you're, you're definitely anticipating bow fire or those mixed bow bow sword units that that the assyrians and other people get and just get medium swordsman impact in and, yeah. and do them over with that one kind of quickly but does that not give you a kind of attention between if you're trying to go wide on the flanks but you've got a troop type that that needs to get in there as quickly as possible do you, do you see kind of a, a, a struggle in balancing the, the width and manoeuvre piece with I just want my medium source and impact in combat as quickly as possible before someone trips them up? Is
1: that to, to some degree, but that's the reason for having all the light foot and the bowmen because there's, you know, there's six bowmen and four light chariots. So that's 10 elements of shooting, uh, plus then there's six light infantry. So, you know, potentially you've got 16 elements firing. So you, the idea is that you, you, to some degree, you bring up the firing line, you start annoying the enemy. You see where you have success in weakening him. You use your hopefully superior command to out rally. And, and then you've got the maneuver to actually concentrate the center medium swordsman. Either to the left or to the right to support one of the wings, and then go okay. in.
0: Okay. So, uh, so, actually, so yes, I suppose in a in a period where there's a lot of shooting, but people may be a bit reluctant to go in, or you know, some of these troop types, the mixed troop types, they can't go in. Actually, the rallying capability, which is is sort of always a kind of nice to have an afterthought, it's actually part of the design of this army. Yes. Okay. So you, you actually want a bit of a shooting exchange, and 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 you want to out rally people, and and you're happy for your bowmen and chariots and things to take take and absorb some hits, because if that's a trade off and and you come out of that slightly ahead, then the impact swordsmen go in, and and suddenly that's that's a very different game.
1: Correct, because a wounded bowman can still provide handy overlap or can still threaten the flank.
0: Okay, and then your you know your your central thing, I guess. You had to put the medium swordsman heavy two-handed weapon somewhere were you um were you tempted to given this as the hold in the middle command give them a bit more resilience by trying to squeeze some of the heavy heavy guardsmen in there or was this just the maneuverability still one the maneuverability
1: still one what i find is i love heavy foot but i find if you only have one or two they tend to slow everything down for a only a minor improvement in the army's cohesion. So I really don't like using less than four in, in a command. I will occasionally, but, mm. but normally, uh, so the fact that only two, I think could be heavy tended to push me away from that.
0: Amusing um, all. Okay.
1: and And again i've got i've gone for size a bit um because a lot of these are quite reasonable troops but there's no elites in this version and and so what you get from that is quite a long fighting line
0: yeah i think getting up to 26 units that's a that's a serious number you know you're you're getting into the, the ranges of 28 which is enormous but and the trade-off with no elites but but you spent all the points on command you've got 10 13 you've got 19 points in invested in command as well um which is yeah that makes that makes 26 units quite impressive but um in in this one would you see the um the, those three warriors in the middle do you do you actually see this as kind of three separate groups of swordsmen or, or would it be one of those where you butt the commands up against each other and you're you're effectively creating a block of six swordsmen somewhere after deployment with, um, with, with operating two of these commands together. Would the think, aim I always think, be to try and do that? or
1: I, I would often try and do that, but I think not necessarily at deployment. The advantage of them being th- those clusters being quite small it, it, and having good command is that you should be able to move them a fair bit okay so it's going to it's it is going to hugely depend on what you're facing Mm. you know if you know is is it is it an in period army and if so you know is it is it the elamites or is it the assyrians you know if you're facing an opponent with lots of heavy foot or lots of knights then you're you're not going to want to be too adventurous yeah um
0: so but is this one where, where, the, um, where the skirmish screen starts at the real forward extent, but you'd actually almost start with the, the medium swordsman, possibly even a bit further back from their, their official start line so they can get more lateral movement before they get up to the line of scrimmage? Or?
1: Particularly if it's an open centre. Hmm. You know, if there's a lot of terrain in the centre, different story.
0: Yeah. Well, you're like, you know, with your three initiative and the, the strategist, you're likely to have quite a lot of control over terrain. Um, and you've got plain and desert, which I guess most of the biblical armies are, are similar to. There's there's the odd mountain there. Um, I think it's it's a slightly odd question, um, but it always needs to be asked about defend and own the terrain, particularly with a strategist, where you want an open table um, or attack and and move first and start to pin the enemy. And you know, I'm, I'm wondering if this is sort of a, a flexible respond and try and get the enemy to commit themselves army, whether you are actually considering defending with this one.
1: I think it would, again, depending on what you're facing, the the more you're, if your opponent um, is a pure open terrain type opponent, then I would be very tempted to do that. But the advantage of having the strategist is, even if you go for the maximum number of terrain pieces, you can still move one piece, mm. uh, which I quite like yeah. that uh, th- that option. But yeah, I think particularly with, with this, with, with a lot of troops that will be happy in plantations or fields, then um, I might very well be tempted to, uh, to defend.
0: To, and chuck a lot of terrain down because yeah you've still only got four four chariots here despite it being you know ostensibly a, a, a chariot army okay well look, that's that's a an interesting medium swordsman impact one which is it's sort of similar to but kind of different to the, the ways i put this together it makes me look at my drawer full of egyptians and and wonder if all those swordsmen are more useful than i think <laughs> which is nice to see Let's, let's move on and have a look at um, list B, which you put up here, which we'll just... So, so looking at, at this one, um, the okay, so you've got something that's ostensibly similar on the two, you know, we'll call it the two flank commands, but I'm not sure if they are that. You've still got two chariots. You, you bump the medium swordsman in each flank command up to three. You've actually bumped the archers up to three as well. So those are now starting to be... And, and a couple of light infantry too. So you've now got quite a lot of troops. Both of those are, are eight combat and shooting troops. That's wider than, than the six that you can command in one group. Um, you're mixing foot and bow. So you've got two big multi-capable commands with with that slightly magic figure of three bowmen in it um, that, that starts to put out a, a lot of firepower, but also starts to be a bit of a target. And then in the middle... Or in the, the middle in this um, this spreadsheet anyway you've got a simple entirely mounted command with just four um, chariots three of which are elite um, you've got an included general so given you've got an included general you've got three elite chariots I'm sort of looking at that going is is this actually going to fight somebody um, and, and then any other one so yeah what is this is this refuse center is this weighted wing what how does this one work
1: so Again, it would be opponent and terrain dependent, um, but the default would be, you know, if, if you look statistically at the dice that allocate terrain, we all know that terrain is more likely to end up on the flanks of the flank sector rather than in the middle. So that's why it's set out in this order. So the default would be, um, you know, two clumps of medium foot on both wings in hopefully large bits of terrain. And then eight chariots holding the open, two from the flank commands and four from the center, able to cooperate with each other. Again, the ability to perhaps refuse the center but threaten anybody trying to attack the center by the flank chariots coming in against them. If, however, the terrain falls otherwise and you have an open flank and you have more terrain in the centre, then that four chariot command would probably be thrown out. It's also of a nice size to be completely hidden in a plantation uh, to leap out. It's also of a nice size to be a flank march because you still have 20 units on table. Um, So it gives you a lot of flexibility depending on um what opponent or what terrain you end up facing and i think that's that's what goes into a lot of my list design is maintaining optionality you know you don't want to only have to play the army one way because your opponent will then have a only have to solve one tactical problem you want to be giving your opponent multiple tactical problems so that if he fixes one, he actually perhaps opens himself up to another one.
0: Mm. So is this one, you know, it it sounds, you've described different ways in which the terrain would fall, but compared to the the first list, um, would you say you're probably more likely to go defend on this because you definitely want a lot of terrain down with it? Uh, And you want to create that one open space. I'm I'm, I'm struggling to see. I would actually say the opposite. I would actually
1: say the opposite because the other one has medium foot in all the commands. And so you really want a smattering of terrain right across this one because you can have the eight chariots in the center. All you really want to be sure is that you've got, hopefully, at least one good terrain piece on each flank. And you also, because of the number of um, bow chariots, I mean, if you think your opponent is gonna have a lot more, then it's a bit different. But what I would be looking to do would be to move first, to bring those chariots up aggressively to take control of uh, the majority of the table and then bring the infantry up steadily you know, the advantage of the infantry is, you know, you can have them six wide with the light foot screening, the impact foot. So you've only got two movement groups mm-hmm. and with a brilliant general and a strategist, you're always going to be able to move them both. And yeah, sometimes that... you'll be able, often you'll be able to double move them both.
0: Yeah. yeah so quick, aren't they?
1: Yeah. How, how, are you, how
0: are you deploying those? You know, is there a standard or a default way of deploying all those six foot? Is it, you know, are you looking at doing some weird interpenetration thing, which I can't even remember if it's actually legal? I might be talking rubbish. There. It,
1: it depends. I mean, normally yeah. with medium foot, I would concentrate the three bowmen and the three impact swordsmen.
0: No, but would you would you deploy them in a line, or is there? Would you expect to expand them out nearer the enemy? Is that is no? The I,
1: I, for preference, I would have them in a line of six, and I would normally the default would be. Uh, I would hope to have at least one plantation in a way um, so so that you can actually deploy them closer to the wing. Okay. But the norm would be to um, have the impact swordsmen, on, interestingly, on the outside so that the bowmen can fire support for the chariots.
0: Okay. So, so, the chariots so you're relying can... on the three. So that strategy is giving you the extra ambush marker is a real key part. Of the the yeah. ambush marker is a key part of the game, the moving terrains of key part of the game as well as the command and control you're using all three aspects of the um, strategist in to benefit
1: and i think that's why again it's one of the things about this list because you look at it initially and you think well there's not a lot of material to work with here what what really stands out for me is the command Mm. the fact that you can have a strategist that you can actually afford all the command and still have a decent sized army and not be having a lot of unreliable commanders. So it's very much an army that is going to, going to win or lose on the strength of its command and control rather than the simple quality of its troops.
0: Okay. Obviously those pharaohs were onto a good thing when they decided to be um, God kings, weren't they? <laughs> That's gives them that sort of thing. <laughs> well, look, let's, let's kind of uh, move on and then look at the third and, and final list of this. This, this, list. Means war.
1: this is a little bit similar to the first one. Um, There's kind of a mix of them both, really. Yeah. So this is taking a, a different approach again. Um, it, it's So the third command is a bit typical of the previous ones. I've foregone the um, the, light, yeah. the skirmishers in order to have
0: a bit more punch. And You've got more, but the real, long, four swordsmen and, and two archers and a couple of chariots down the, down the bottom end. Yeah. yeah,
1: but the big difference is the first command, where I've Absolutely. gone for the six impetuous medium swordsmen, again screened by this time quite a lot of light infantry with the strategist so that he can hold them if I don't like the opponent but you know six. that's, impet- that's, a, that's
0: a lot of command firepower to you know that almost is suggesting that that you're anticipating breaking those impetuous swordsmen up into two groups because uh you know even even a brilliant general can can hold those well but then it's perhaps where on where else would you would the strategist have been better with or an option with that third command and yeah. flip a brilliant in but
1: it definitely would mm-hmm. i one I quite like about the strategist though is that you it means you can hold impetuous troops and still do other things
0: sure okay,
1: and quite often you want to you know you want to move a light infantry you want to move one swordsman um because you know what that what that command doesn't have um is is one impact swordsman so yep. you know and and that's that's another option: is to drop the strategist, have two brilliant generals, and change one of those impetuous swordsmen into an impact swordsman. So you've got one more controllable uh, foot type with it.
0: Yeah, because the because uh, um, the impact swordsman is only an extra point, isn't it? You know, to have five five impetuous and one impact. Yeah, would, would just give you a little bit a little bit extra, but you'd have yep. to, to and, shave and something could, off somewhere, I guess. Yeah, you
1: could get the by buys switching the strategist and the competent general for two brilliance
0: yeah or, or possibly even um then you lose the strategist. maybe you could drop one of the the two horse chariots down from elite to um to average make in that center command make them three and three yeah uh, that give you another couple of points okay all right so uh, you know and i guess any any command that's got six impetuous medium swordsmen, that's doing what that does isn't it the, exactly um, do you see this though you know the rest of it I'm saying it does what it does, but do you see this as a, right, this is actually the one that just hurls forward and suffers attrition and pins the enemy and then the others, others do something? Or would you even see this one being held back a, a little in, in some situations?
1: I think a lot depends on the terrain. You know, it, this is one I might defend with um, because it would be one I would be really hoping to get a plantation mm. or a hill in the right position um so that i could spring those impetuous swordsmen from ambush um
0: actually yeah two because it's a, a couple of ambush markers holding those would be quite quite interesting wouldn't It because <laughs> it would give someone quite a problem
1: it 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 would it would and um i i think that's often where you know impetuous troops um can be can be most useful in one of the reasons for taking them is in the biblical period, quite a lot of armies have medium spear. Um, And so they can be particularly effective against, against medium spear Uh, because, you know, if you win that first round, then your opponents already lost two or maybe all three.
0: Yeah. You can knock the whole straight through.
1: And so your chance of getting breakthroughs is pretty high. Mm. Um, I think this is—it's also would—I would, think this is a list that I'd be more likely to take in a two-list competition than a one-list competition, because I think, by and large, um, the the impetuous can be, um, you know, a bit a bit risky in a, in a single list competition if you've always got to use them.
0: Yeah, I, but, I think that I think they're risky, and also in in a single list competition. They do force you down one particular style of play. So, so if it's you know if it's more than five games, like uh, I think campaign, you can end up almost playing the same game because the impetuous drag you so far down a, a you know one particular strategy or play style or, or whatever. Yes,
1: but it's what's interesting is if you look at it, this this army in this version then has has a lot of similarity in a way to a patrician Roman army. High command points, some impetuous troops, a little bit of good mounted, some capable medium swordsman impact. Um, so, you know, you could create something quite similar. Uh, so that would be um, the kind of way I would imagine it. And, and you know, a bit, a bit the same historically. This is, This is an army perhaps from the later part of the New Kingdom, Egyptian, when you're starting to get more impact of the Sea Peoples, coming in so you know if it if you're the sort of player who likes to play historical things that's that's something to bear in mind yeah.
0: but that, it- that, that second command looking at that so once you you know I'm looking at that going there's four elite like chariots let's call them shooting medium cavalry yeah. and another two normal ones now six cavalry of which four are elite you know e- even accepting the fact they're mediums and, and they all shoot that's that to me, and you know, maybe this is just how I approach games in a slightly cavalier fashion. That's looking like something that that would actually be prepared to fight. Definitely, um, you know, you, you would stand up even, maybe even if you were facing somebody who'd split their four heavy chariots into two, you with a bit of shooting, you'd you'd almost be prepared to have a go because you can you can beat the support troops and and hang on a bit against them.
1: Yeah, if. You made the important point, though. If you've already got a hit, yeah. Because the challenge is if you're facing a heavy chariot impact. You know, at initial contact, they're three to your one. Yeah. If they're elite as well, that that can get ugly. Yeah,
0: That's pretty painful. I'm just but trying if to. You've um, got them to down. Can... One, yeah. then it's a different question. Just trying to remember: can can light chariots fire out the rear? Is that? They all... can at a minus one. At a minus one. Okay, so you could. Yeah, I suppose that's an interesting. Future rules amendment question, isn't it? Whether that would give them a little extra boost if they could fire out the rear backwards, or whether then they just suddenly become too easy to use to retreat in front of heavy chariots. Um,
1: well, the yeah, I mean, the y- you can use them that way now. I mean, the, the minus one against heavy chariots, particularly if the chariots are elite, you, you know, you don't tend to do that, but yeah, what exactly makes it makes it
0: entirely pointless, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: but well, where it's quite useful is if you have to flee. Mm. and then your opponent moves other troops up not quite close enough to catch you but enough to stop you maybe um multi-moving yeah Then often you can actually have a shot at him okay. and with six you know you you're gonna know, you get
0: lucky have, aren't you you're gonna get lucky you may get
1: lucky you may have one or two where you're doubling up or tripling up and it just makes your opponent think twice uh compared to it's the one advantage the chariots have over medium cavalry
0: okay so your so then your final command here is your your textbook for medium swordsman impact a couple of bowmen and a couple of chariots this is the one that's that does the Swiss army knife stuff that the other two with with mono mission don't don't necessarily do correct and correct. And, and this has been pretty consistent throughout all all three of these lists then okay
1: yeah and and depending again depending on the table um that's probably going to be on a flank, but the other two, you know, if there's terrain in the middle, I'll almost certainly put the impetuous swordsman in the middle. If there's no terrain in the middle, the chariots will be in the middle. Um, the, you know, you're in those commands. I've always gone for six battle troops, uh, battle foot troops, yeah. so that they can be moved for one command point. And, you know, four, four impact swordsmen and two bowmen, is going to make in period Is going to make everything except heavy chariots think twice
0: yeah yeah and no, i've I've tried using um the the Asir, the sargonid assyrian with just non-impact swordsmen and and they really are underpowered and once they come up against anything like this and i think even my other army being the mycenaeans with um solid spearmen uh, i think there's an argument that that might be one of the few armies that needs to use a lot of rear support because in period there's a lot of things that can can cause them trouble and that extra point on on rear support can sometimes neutralize it but absolutely which is an one. i think it, it's interesting i i've um i use this list um in in a competition at campaign so before we kind of wrap up i'll quickly um if you still got time flip on to um a different that the actual list that I use down at campaign this means war. and this was a really as campaign is a really really tightly themed period and I actually ended up I think out of six games I ended up playing five other New Kingdom Egyptian armies because <laughs> um, there's only sort of four or five allowed and and I think for for this one as i've said very very different to yours but in the context of a super tight theme i think the only proper there was no real heavy chariot armies here and and the only kind of mounted army was the bedouin with all those medium medium camels who shoot so a lot of the games ended up much more a straightforward attack so slightly slightly oddly i'd really gone big on the impact foot um partly i guess because i was anticipating the other new kingdom armies would would gravitate towards those regular um infantry and i just wanted that that first round okay sometimes you're you're down because because the way the impetuosity works but then the doubling up of hits can mean you you get lucky um it also meant um with with Costa Coffee and other places quite near. I could get a coffee quite early because the games <laughs> ended soon. Um, but this was a real in-your-face kind of attack. You on on all three things with with a load of foot. So I was starting with with four of the impetuous warriors as a solid block um, and a two-handed cutting weapon, medium foot. So that was effectively a block of five combat troops. Um, couple of infantry to screen them. Two to screen them. Um, two mediocre bowmen that with five of these things getting in your face, they weren't going to get to do much shooting. The army was going forward. So they were a bit of padding, um, but working with a chariot, they were sort of there to drive off light foot and, and kind of sit in a bit of terrain and, and not lose things. Whilst they were just, you know, the, the army's a delivery mechanism for those five. The, the next one was my kind of go to, you know, join up the other two command and i did actually go for the heavy infantry because i, I again i felt in two isn't really enough it's it's absolutely right um but i just well actually maybe it's easier to look at the third command the third command was pretty much a reflection of the the front one but with even less um support troops five more sheridan impetuous another two 200 cutting weapon a couple of bits to do it so this again was a delivery mechanism i'm putting 10 either two-handed cutting or impetuous swordsman down someone's throat. And then this middle command in that context really was protecting the one flank that I couldn't protect with the, you know, the edge of the table or waterway with something that just would be super tough. And I, you know, I, I, I absolutely agree with what you are saying about heavy infantry being slowing things down and, and much better in bigger blocks. But in a, in a period when, there were a lot of like chariots. I just felt that extra resilience that they had, um, would really offset the slowness of of the maneuvering, particularly as the rest of my army was, was very one dimensional and, and kind of was executing one plan. So I thought, stick them in there and they will just take longer to erode, even if they're losing, even if they're outnumbered than, than the rest of the army will take to either win or lose. Um, and then, Four chariots, well, three chariots and a a light, the light, the optional light horse guy, there to to just occupy space with this one. So I, you know, I guess I anticipated the light chariots falling back, the medium spear probably dying somewhere or possibly standing in the open and and making my three chariots kind of five wide against someone else's chariots and the and the heavy infantry just hanging on whilst the rest of the army did what it needed to do and and hopefully. 10 swordsmen 20 cutters impetuous guys would would find their way into and through some other people's bowmen and and their normal normal medium foot swordsmen before it before it worked so but this was a very very different way of doing it to, to yours not relying on command and control at all almost the opposite way relying on an army that will just roll forwards and and do its own thing um under its own steam but in the context of a really really tightly themed um, tightly thin competition and I think all those all those different battle reports are, are up on the website from campaign next last year and in that context it worked quite well um you know and it's been interesting in the back of my mind looking at your list and thinking would they have worked in in that context um against some of these other big you know an, an army like this that's just going okay you're trying to be clever with nine of them i'm I'm trying to not be clever with with ten of them um, does you know, does does that match up um, and whether the the flexibility would have outweighed the the simple simple mindedness of it um, in, interesting interesting balance
1: yeah and i I think at the end of the day, as long as you have a plan, it's fine. I think that's the thing with all these lists. There's, you know, I was listening to on one of your other podcasts, I think it was the Tang discussion. And I think every version that people had kept up with was different and they were all playable because they all had an ethos of how they were going to be used. And I think the key is how do you like to play? You know, do you like to line them up and charge? Do you like to fence? Do you like to shoot? Do you like a bit of all of it? And and bear that in mind when you design your list and remember it when you play with
0: it. Yeah, and you remember when you play, which is always the challenge as well. No, I, I think that's I think that's the you know, that's the good catch actually. And I think what's been really interesting about this is, you know, I've I've looked at this because it's an army I've I've got the figures for ages ago. Um they were the the Gladiator Games ones, they're now the ones that are, are sold by Fighting Fifteens and they're some of my kind of favorite biblical figures. And I, I did a rebasing project on them a couple of years ago and, and they do look you know, very, very nice. So I do like getting them on table, but, but I think it's very easy to, to look at a list with as few um, you know, winning killer troops in it as this one and as small enough minimums and, and get sucked into the, the quality trap of going, right, the, I've got to max out on the elite chariots and I've got to max out on the elite foot and and actually i think all of the variants that we've looked at they've they've focused on something but it's not just grabbing for quality and, and then trying to hang a plan on the back of that you know you've grabbed on to command and control and maneuverability and flexibility and and this one grabs on just raw punching power against in period opponents with with the acceptance that sometimes that will come unstuck but over the course of a you know five six game competition if you pre pre guess the matchups, you can do well as well. But so I think there's some some extra dimensions in this Egyptian list, and and all of them are are steering away from how many elites can I have? What else do I fit around it? Which which is quite of a a, a non um, non immediate way of of looking at the lists. But I I just get the impression that starting with the elites and working backwards would probably be is probably how you end up making this into a list that, that flatters to deceive?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably right. I I think the, the times I tend to rely more on the elites is when it's an army that only has two or three command. And so you know, eventually you're going to be in trouble and you're going to be relying on armour or elites to help you hang on rather than the quality of the generals. Um, I think given the preference it it makes for a more makes for a more challenging game if if you if you go for the command and, and the breadth of army rather than just relying on quality but there are times when that's very useful and like in this you've got a judicious use of quality to strengthen your center which can so often be important
0: well i think that's been um that's been a really interesting discussion i think i've um I've learned something and um, I, I think I'm looking at that that list number 14 in a new light and I'm looking at some of the troops that I, I've painted up and based which were great in other rule sets <laughs> which are struggling to find a home for in in a different light as well which is is fantastic as well so but Richard thank you for that um we'll, we'll have to pick another list and, and reconvene and do this again and um you know there's there's now one of the benefits of lockdown is that there's now a regular series of, of these Mad Axman podcasts coming out. I think we should sneak this one out sometime in the next week or so in between the weekly um, chit-chat. Maybe we'll bring you in as a, a guest if you can escape your family on a, a Monday evening um, one yep. time and, and join in the, the pseudo-pub banter. Um, I think we've also got another 30-minute special coming out on the exciting subject of paintbrushes. Um, rock and roll um you know it's pretty wild out there so look thank you for 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 joining us and and chatting about this list hopefully we've imparted something to someone if if only um 30 40 minutes of of background chat that's not spotify while they're doing painting and (laughs) um (laughs) we will catch up soon so excellent thank you thank you catch you soon thanks bye bye